0: There are several reasons why the one-minute reprimand works so well. To begin with, the manager explained, The feedback in the one-minute reprimand is immediate, that is, you get to the individual as soon as you observe the misbehavior or your data information system tips you off. It is not appropriate to bunny sack or save up negative feelings about someone's poor performance. The fact that the feedback is so immediate is an important lesson in why the one-minute reprimand works so well. Unless discipline occurs as close to the misbehavior as possible, it tends not to be as helpful in influencing future behavior. Most managers are gunny sack discipliners. That is, they store up observations of poor behavior and then someday, when performance review comes or they are angry in general because the sack is so full, they charge in and dump everything on the table. tell people all the things they have done wrong for the last few weeks or months or more. The young man breathed a deep sigh and said, So true. And then, the one-minute manager went on. The manager and subordinate usually end up yelling at each other about the facts or simply keeping quiet and resenting each other. The person receiving the feedback doesn't really hear what he or she has done wrong. This is a version of the leave-alone-zap form of discipline that I've spoken about earlier. I remember it well, responded the young man. That is certainly something I want to avoid. Absolutely. agreed the manager. If managers would only intervene early, they could deal with one behavior at a time, and the person receiving the discipline could not be overwhelmed. They could hear the feedback. That's why I think performance review is an ongoing process, not something you do only once a year. So, one reason that the one-minute reprimand works is that the person receiving the reprimand can hear the feedback because when the manager deals with one behavior at a time, it seems more fair and clear. The young man summarized. Yes, the manager said, And secondly, when I give a one minute reprimand, I never attack a person's worth or value as a person. Since their okayness as a person is not up for grabs, they don't feel they have to defend themselves. I reprimand the behavior only. Thus, my feedback and their own reaction to it is about the specific behavior and not their feelings about themselves as human beings. So often, when disciplining people, managers persecute the individual. My purpose in a one-minute reprimand is to eliminate the behavior and keep the person. So that's why you make the second half of a reprimand a praising, the young man said. Their behavior is not okay. They are okay. Yes, agreed the one-minute manager. Why wouldn't you give the praising first and then the reprimand? Suggested the young man. For some reason, it just doesn't work," insisted the manager. Some people, now that I think of it, say that I'm a nice and tough as a manager. But to to be more accurate, I'm really tough and nice. Tough and nice, echoed the young man. Yes, insisted the one-minute manager. This is an old philosophy that has worked well for literally thousands of years. There is, in fact, a story in ancient China that illustrates this. Once upon a time, an an emperor appointed a second in command. He called this prime minister in and, in effect, said to him, Why don't we divide up the tasks? Why don't you do all the punishing and I'll do all the rewarding? The prime minister said, Fine, I'll do all the punishing and you do all the rewarding. I think I'm going to like this story. The young man said, You will, you will, the one-minute manager replied with a nervous smile. Now this emperor, the manager continued, "soon noticed that whenever he asked someone to do something, they might do it or they might not do it. However, when the prime minister spoke, people moved. So, the Emperor called the Prime Minister back in and said, Why don't we divide the tasks again? You have been doing all the punishing here for quite a while. Now let me do the punishing and you do the rewarding. So, the Prime Minister and the Emperor switched roles again. And within a month, the Prime Minister was Emperor. The Emperor had been a nice person, rewarding and being kind to everyone. Then he started to punish people. People said, What's wrong with that old codger? they threw him out on his ear when they came to look for a replacement they said you know who's really starting to come around now the prime minister so they put him right into office is that a true story the young man asked who cares said the one-minute manager laughing seriously he added i do know this if you are first tough on the behavior and then supportive of the person It works. Do you have any modern-day examples of where the one-minute reprimand has worked other than in management?" The young man asked the wise manager. Yes, certainly, the manager said. Let me mention two, one with severe adult behavior problems and another in disciplining children. What do you mean when you say severe adult behavior problems? The young man asked. I'm talking about alcoholics in particular, the manager answered. About 30 years ago, an observant clergyman discovered a technique which is now called crisis intervention. He made the discovery when he was helping a physician's wife. She was in a Minnesota hospital in critical condition and slowly dying from cirrhosis of the liver. But she was still denying that she had a drinking problem, and all her family and gatherers at her bedside, the clergyman asked each of them to describe specific drinking incidents they had observed. That's an important part of the one-minute reprimand. Before giving a reprimand, you have to see the behavior yourself. You can't depend on what someone else saw. You never give a reprimand based on hearsay interesting. The young man broke in. Let me finish. After the family described specific behaviors, the clergyman asked each of the family members to tell the woman how they felt about those incidents. Gathered closely around her, one by one they told her first what she did and second how they felt about it. They were angry, frustrated, embarrassed, and then they told her how much they loved her and they instinctively touched her and gently said how they wanted her to live and to enjoy life once again. That was why they were so angry with her. That sounds so simple, said the young man, especially with something as complicated as a drinking problem. Did it work? Amazingly so, the one-minute manager insisted. And now there are crisis intervention centers all over the country. That's not as simple as I've summarized it, of course. But these three basic ingredients, telling people what they did wrong, telling people how you feel about it, and reminding people that they are valuable and worthwhile, lead to significant improvements in people's behavior. That's nothing short of incredible, the young man said. I know it is. The manager agreed. He said he'd give me two examples of how other people successfully use methods like The one-minute reprimand," the young man said. Yes of course. In the early 1970s, a family psychiatrist in California also made the same amazing discovery with children. He He had read a lot about bonding, the emotional ties people have to people. He knew what people needed. People need to be in contact with people who care about them, to be accepted as valuable just because they are people. The doctor also knew that people need to have a spade called a spade to be pulled up short by people who care when they are not behaving well. How does that translate? The young man wanted to know. Into practical action. Each parent is taught to physically touch their child by putting their hand on the child's shoulder, touching his arm, or if he is young, actually setting the child on their lap. Then, the parent tells the child exactly what he did wrong and how the parent feels about it and in no uncertain terms. You can see that this is very like what the family members did for the sick woman. Finally, the parent takes a deep breath and allows for a few seconds of silence so the child can feel whatever the parent is feeling. Then the parent tells the youngster how valuable and important the child is to the parent. You see. It is very important when you are managing people to remember that behavior and worth are not the same things. What is really worthwhile is the person managing their own behavior. This is as true as each of us, as managers, as it is of each of the people we are managing. In fact, if you know this, the manager said, as he pointed to one of his favorite packs, you will know the key to a really successful reprimand. We are not just our behavior, we are the person managing our behavior. If you realize that you are managing people and not just their reason behavior, the manager concluded, You will do well. It sounds like there is a lot of caring and respect behind such a reprimand. The young man said, I'm glad you noticed that, young man. You will be successful with a one-minute reprimand when you really care about the welfare of the person you are reprimanding. That reminds me. The young man injected. Mr. Levy told me that you pat him on the shoulder or shake hands, or in some other way make contact with him during a praising. And now I notice that the parents are encouraged to touch their children during the scolding. Is touching an important part of the one-minute praisings and reprimands? Yes and no. The manager answered with a smile. Yes, if you know the person well and are clearly interested in helping the person to succeed in his or her work and know if you or the other person has any doubts about that. Touch is a very powerful message. The manager pointed out. People have strong feelings about being touched and that needs to be respected. Would you, for instance, like someone whose motives you weren't sure of to touch you during a praising or a reprimand? No, the young man answered clearly. I really wouldn't. You see what I mean. The manager explained. Touch is very honest. People know immediately when you touch them whether you care about them or whether you are just trying to find a new way to manipulate them. There is a very simple rule about touching. The manager continued when you touch don't take touch the people you manage only when you are giving them something reassurance support encouragement whatever so you should refrain from touching someone the young man said until you know them and they know you are interested in their success that you are clearly on their side i can see that but The young man said hesitantly. While the one-minute praisings and the one-minute reprimands look simple enough, aren't they really just powerful ways for you to get people to do what you want them to do? And isn't that manipulative? You were right about one-minute management being a powerful way to get people to do what you want them to do, the manager confirmed. However, manipulation is getting people to do something they are either not aware of or don't agree to. That is why it is so important to let each person know upfront what you are doing and why. It's like anything else in life, the manager explained. There are things that work and things that don't work. Being honest with people eventually works. On the other hand, as you have probably learned in your own life, being dishonest eventually leads to failing with people. It's just that simple. I can see now, the young man said. Where the power of your management style comes from, you care about people. Yes, the manager said simply. I guess I do. The young man remembered how gruffly thought this special manager was when he first met him. It was as though the manager could read his mind. Sometimes, the one-minute mentor said, You have to care enough to be tough. And I am. I am very tough on the poor performance. But only on the performance. I am never tough on the person. The young man liked the one-minute mentor. He knew now why people liked to work with him. Maybe you would find this interesting, sir. The younger man said as he pointed to his notebook. It is a plaque upgraded to remind me of how goals, the one minute goals, and consequences, the praisings and the reprimands affect people's behavior. Goals begin behaviors, consequences maintain behaviors. That's very good, the manager exclaimed. Do you think so? The young man asked, wanting to hear the compliment once again. Young man, The manager said very slowly for emphasis, It is not my role in life to be a human tape recorder. I do not have time to continually repeat myself. Just when he thought he would be praised, the young man felt he was in for another one-minute reprimand, something he wanted to avoid. The bright young man kept a straight face and said simply, What? They looked at each other only for a moment and then they both burst into laughter. I like you, young man, the manager said. How would you like to go to work here?" The young man put down his notebook and stared in amazement. You mean go to work for you? He asked enthusiastically. No, I mean go to work for yourself like the other people in my department. Nobody ever really works for anybody else. I just help people work better and in the process they benefit our organization. This was, of course, what the young man had been looking for all along. I love to work here, he said, and so he did for some time. The time the special manager had invested in him paid off because eventually the inevitable happened. He became a one-minute manager. He became a one-minute manager not because he felt like one or talked like one, but because he behaved like one. He set one-minute goals. He gave one-minute praisings. He gave one-minute reprimands. He asked brief, important questions, spoke the simple truth, laughed, worked, and enjoyed. And perhaps most important of all, he encouraged the people he worked with to do the same. He had even created a pocket-sized game plan to make it easier for the people around him to become one-minute managers. He had given it as a useful gift to each person who reported to him. back on the time when he first heard of the principles of one-minute management it seemed like a long time ago he was glad he had written down what he learned from the one-minute manager he had put his notes into a book and had given copies to many people he remembered miss gomez's telephoning to say i can't thank you enough it's make a big difference in my work that pleased him as he thought back on the past he smiled He remembered how much he had learned from the original one-minute manager and he was grateful. The new manager was also happy that he could take the knowledge one step further by giving copies to many other people in the organization. He had solved several practical problems. Everyone who worked with him felt secure. No one felt manipulated or threatened because everyone knew up front what he was doing and why. They could also see why the seemingly simple one-minute management techniques goals, pricing, and reprimands worked so well with people. Every person who had their own copy of the text could read and read it at their own pace until they could understand it and put it to good use themselves. The manager knew full well the very practical advantage of repetition and learning anything new. Sharing the knowledge in this simple and honest way had Of course, saved him a good deal of time, and it had certainly made his job easier. Many of the people reporting to him had become one-minute managers themselves, and they in turn had done the same for many of the people who reported to them. The entire organization had become more effective. As he sat at his desk thinking, the new one-minute manager realized what a fortunate individual he was. He had given himself the gift of getting greater results in less time. He had time to think and to plan to give his organization the kind of help it needed. He had time to exercise and stay healthy. He knew he did not experience the daily emotional and physical stress other managers subjected themselves to. And he knew that many of the other people who worked with him enjoyed the same benefits. His department had fewer costly personal turnovers, less personal illness, and less absenteeism. The benefits were significant. Then he got up from his desk and began to walk about his uncluttered office. He was deep in thought. He felt good about himself, as a person and as a manager. His caring about people had paid off handsomely. He had risen in the organization, gaining more responsibilities and more rewards, and he knew he had become an effective manager because both his organization and the people in it had clearly benefited from his presence. Suddenly, the intercom buzzed and startled the man. Excuse me, sir, for interrupting you, he heard his secretary say. But there is a young woman on the phone. She wants to know if she can come and talk to you about the way we manage people here. The new one-minute manager was pleased. He knew more women were entering the business world, and he was glad that some of them were as keen to learn about good management as he had been. The manager's department was now running smoothly. As you might expect, it was one of the best operations of its kind in the world. His people were productive and happy. And he was happy too. It felt good to be in his position. Come time. he heard himself telling the caller. And soon he found himself talking to a bright young person. I'm glad to share my management secrets with you, the new one-minute manager said as he showed the visitor to his couch. I will only make one request of you. What is that? The visitor asked. Simply, the manager began, that you share it with others.